Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Hey. Hi. Hey, Katie. <laughs> hey, Sarah. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. Um, yeah. How's your week been? It's been great. Uh, nothing really to report, but yeah, it's been good. Love How's it. it? We are an exciting bunch of people. <laughs> How's your knee? Give an update on your knee. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually doing better. It's it's kind of crazy to think how much my life has changed in the last like five weeks, just considering my topics, like my little moments of achievement and how I compare it to what I used to do before the accident. Now it's like, oh my God, I bit my knee. Like, you know, 30 <laughs> degrees today, like such a huge progress. Or yesterday I went for a walk outside. Like, I think we did maybe four blocks, but I didn't use my crutches the whole time. And that was the first time I've ever wow. done that. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, I'm actually feeling like I can get back to normal. Because before it was just like, I don't see how I'm ever going to be able to walk normally again. Like, I just can't imagine it. And now it's like, Okay, I'm getting there. It's it's getting there. It's just gonna take a while. So Oh good. It's good. Yeah. You're having you're having faith. I have faith. <laughs> I have faith that it'll all work out and that celestial Jesus will bless me and I'll be able to walk again. Oh flash. And it's also, you know, thinking about that, like, because obviously if I was Mormon, I would just be praying and be like, God is going to bless me. But it's such bullshit because you know what is helping my knee? It's me doing the exercises, but also physiotherapists who are like specialized in this shit, the doctors who performed the surgery and corrected it. Like, it's not God in any way. Like, it's humans (laughs) just doing it. I know. And then they thank God when what's supposed to happen with your, you know, your different therapies and your doctors, when those work, they give credit to God. That's got to be frustrating for a lot of people in a healthcare. (laughs) I couldn't even imagine. But yeah. Yeah. So it's it's better. Thanks. It looks good. It still looks super gnarly. It's going to be like such a gross scar but um you know a good story you'll always have a story to tell great story (laughs) because you always need more stories right (laughs) your life is just full of them (laughs) my life is just one big clusterfuck of a story I feel like you know it's always it's always those moments where people are like it only happens to you and I'm like I know it's not even it's not even shocking to me anymore like when this shit happens I'm like oh yeah okay that's expected yeah, yeah, that makes sense for me. That Speaking makes sense. Of, yeah. Speaking of Sarah's stories, she actually just shared something <laughs> over. We did a video for Patreon. So if you want to hear that, go over to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash not so Molly Mormon. And there's some fun gems over there. <laughs> yeah, um, if you want to feel better about your life, go take a look and listen because it will make you cringe and make you feel good about your life. So, <laughs> And speaking of Patreon, we have some new patrons to shout out. Woo! We have a new patron, Holly. Hi, Holly. Hello, Holly. And welcome to Patreon. We are very happy to have you and are appreciative. Yes, very. And then joining us in Outer Darkness, the highest level uh, on Patreon mm-hmm. is Brianna, or Brianna, but I'm going to say Brianna. Let me know if I got that wrong. But hey, welcome. <laughs> welcome, Brianna slash Brianna. Just let us know how to pronounce your name so we can stop being annoying with that. But we are so appreciative and super excited that you're joining us in Outer Darkness. And we just recorded your um, welcome video that is just for you. So be on the lookout for that. Slash, you probably will already have it by the time this is released. So, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so those are our new patrons, and we're very grateful. And we're grateful, as always, like we always say, for all of you. You all are just incredible and you make us really happy, especially on like days when maybe I'm not feeling so great or I feel down. And then I check maybe our messages or our Patreon messages. And we just have so many lovely listeners. You all are so great. So thank you. (laughs) Literally though. And I I feel like 
you know, most of you guys are so amazing. If not all of you, we always say that. I'm sure you think that we are genuine, but if you ever doubt it, legit, Katie and I, you should just look at our messages and we send them like, oh my God, have you read the latest message or comment? Like we have the best listeners. We have the best (laughs) patrons. Like everyone's just so incredibly supportive and great. And another amazing thing that we're seeing and it just like warms our souls so much is... (laughs) you know, how this community is growing and how you guys are just becoming friends through the podcast and through these posts. Like, you know, we're seeing people on our latest um, posts that we released, like just people commenting and like commenting with each other and like this real sense of community and friendship that is authentic and amazing. And we're just like, oh my God, we're we're so here for this. Like, this is why we do it. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It really is. I know. It makes me want to like post all this COVID. I mean, it's near seeming like a light at the end of the tunnel, but you know, someday and when Sarah's healed, maybe in a few years, how fun would it be to have some kind of, I don't know, gathering or party with all of gathering. you? Gathering. So, so Mormon. Yeah, it would be amazing. I'm an ex-Mormon. <laughs> an ex-Mormon. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. I think that would be great if we did, like, a fun little get-together and eventually some live shows. That would be so much live fun. Live shows. So Gotta do much it. fun. You have to see our awkwardness in person. It's just so much better. <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, you can kind of see it on our videos. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to watch them back because it's just too much for me. I can't handle it. (laughs) It's Uh. so funny. Okay. So with all that said, I think we're ready to jump into our topic, which also was picked by one of our patrons, Annie. Hey, Annie. Thanks for for being in our outer darkness and for picking this topic. Um. She yeah. requested that we talk about more about polygamy. So bum, bum, here bum. we are. Yeah, I and actually. I've... Go oh, ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I actually went and I looked back uh, at our our episodes, and I don't think we've covered specifically polygamy since episode eight. Oh my god, that's been yeah. so long ago. And we're this. I think will be episode one hundred and thirty three. So, <laughs> and that yeah. was back in the day when I just literally chatted shit for hours and hours and <laughs> probably we didn't even get to the topic. So here we are. Here we are. Yeah. And so. I also think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Annie, you never, you're never Mo. Yes. So yeah. Right. That's probably why, I mean, it's fascinating as a Mormon, but also as like someone who didn't grow up Mormon, this would definitely interest me. Oh, um, so we get yeah. it. We get I think it's one of the topic. yeah, the like hot button issues. Even when I was Mormon, you would hear the word polygamy or someone who wasn't Mormon say like, "Oh, are you polygamous?" And then you're just like, "Oh my gosh, no, we're not polygamous anymore." But then little did my little Mormon brain know polygamy is still in the doctrine and still yep. Yeah. <laughs> and they just don't talk about it. We'll we'll get into it later. But yeah, I totally did the same thing. I defended it left and right. I was always like, no, the Mormon church does not practice polygamy anymore, blah, blah, blah. And then I found out about, uh, I don't know, like a year before I left, because when I went through the temple, um, I found out that like polygamy is still practiced in the afterlife. And that's when yeah. I was like, what? Wait, wait, um, what? Yeah. Did you, like, when you were a Mormon, did you know about Joseph Smith's polygamy? Nope. Me neither. And I think that that maybe has changed a little over the years. They're becoming a little more open about it. But back when we were growing up, especially because things weren't quite as accessible online, um, it was, I didn't know about, I just thought Joseph was married to Emma and that was it. Yeah, me too. And because also the video that they produced, like that movie. Oh God, that movie. (laughs) I went on a date with who... By the way, he's one of our followers. I don't know if you're listening. Hi, Mike. Michael, I think it is. Um, we That's amazing. Went, yeah, we went to Salt Lake to watch the Joseph Smith movie. It was like a group date. And that we were like, That's such a good idea. Let's go watch the Joseph Smith movie. And <laughs> then so go wholesome. Get, it's so wholesome. And then get some frozen yogurt at the mall. Fro-yo. Some froyo. 
<laughs> God almighty. So apologies to you, Michael. That was a horrible experience. No, not because of you, but uh, just because, yeah, watching in that, in that video, they never, ever mention polygamy. It's just like Joseph oh. Smith is this fucking amazing hero who, like, saves the day and is incredible and is this martyr and, like, you Oof. end up crying at the end of the movie because you're just like, he's so amazing. But it never God. talks about any of the actual shit. And, like, Emma is just, like, all in it, you know, doesn't yeah. actually portray her accurately either. Yeah. yeah, it's rough. It's rough. So, I mean, I think that's also why a lot of us ex-Mormons can come off, maybe people say we're bitter or whatever, but it's, like, we were lied to. You know, all this was hidden from us. And then when you discover that there's all this information that's been twisted or hidden or actually just you've been straight up lied to about it, you're like, well, now I'm a little bit angry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. So my sources for my notes today come from the Salt Lake Tribune, theconversation.com, an article by Jana Reese, um, PBS, Wikipedia, and of course, (laughs) thechurchofjesuschrist.org. So I decided to look up the actual scriptures that were written in the Doctrine and Covenants about polygamy to give people, especially never Mormons, the context of where this comes from. So in DNC, Doctrine and Covenants, section 132, this is this is from, straight from the scriptures. So this, you know how they have like the little heading underneath each oh, chapter? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this says, Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet at Nauvoo, Illinois, recorded July 12th, 1843, relating to the new and everlasting covenant. Ugh. So apparently Joseph Smith was, as we've talked about before, he was in the process of also like (laughs) reinterpreting the Bible because (laughs) it wasn't fully translated correctly. (laughs) So as he was doing that in the Old Testament, he read about some of those older prophets in the Old Testament practicing polygamy. And apparently this made him be like, hey, God, why don't we have polygamy now? And then apparently this is God's answer. So. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, okay. What okay. Does God say? Here we go. Verily, thus saith the Lord unto you, my servant Joseph, that inasmuch as you have inquired of my hand to know and understand wherein I, the Lord, justified my servants Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as also Moses, David, and Solomon, my servants, as touching the principle and doctrine of their having many wives and concubines. So there's that. Um, Yeah. So I know. And it's so weird. I just imagine him also doing this in the hat. I don't know if that was the same for the doctrine and covenants, but you know, you know, Joseph is just whipping this out of, you know, basically out of his ass, but he's saying that God's saying it. Okay. I bet he was like, Emma, what do you think about us opening up our relationship? And she was like, um, bitch, no. And then he's like, okay, let me go talk to God. And let me go with, ask God. Yeah. Yeah. And then was like, mm, talk to God. And he said that we need to have polygamy instituted. And Yeah. But not, it's not actually an open marriage because, Emma, you still can only just sleep with me. But exactly. I can go threaten young women and children, basically, ch- yeah basically girls <laughs> to exactly. have right. Yeah. Okay. For behold, I reveal unto you a new and everlasting covenant. If ye abide not that covenant, then ye are damned, for no one can reject this covenant and be permitted to enter into my glory. So there's that threat. Oh, Jesus, he is angry. Oh, yeah. Um, therefore, if a man marry him a wife in the world, and he marry her not by me nor my word, and he covenant with her so long as he is in the world and she with him, their covenant and marriage are not of force when they are dead and when they are out of the world. Therefore, they are not bound by any law when they are out of the world. So this is where it comes from that, like, if you just get married on earth, you know, secularly or whatever, then you're not going to be together after you die. So you have to get married in the Mormon church, in the temple. Oh, I didn't realize that this is where the, like, 
the eternal marriage concept comes from church and the temple ceilings. Yes. So this is where all of that is, like eternal families and ceilings. And so this is still in their scriptures. And I think that's why they don't take it out because it's intermixed, the polygamy and the eternal marriage, the eternal ceiling are like Uh basically the same scripture. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And then it says here, Therefore, when they are out of the world, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are appointed angels in heaven, which angels are ministering servants to minister for those who are worthy of a far of far more and an exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So, yeah, if you die and you weren't married in the temple, you're not going to be sealed to that person. And you're just going to be like a servant to the people who were married. in the That temple. is fucked. So fucked. (laughs) And they also don't teach you that. I don't ever remember hearing that. I know. There's a few uh, verses after this that just keep saying how, yeah, you won't become a god and you won't get your own kingdom. Which, by the way, the churches recently come out and said, like, we don't teach that you can become a god in the afterlife. Well, here in D&C 132, verse 20, it says, they shall be gods, like, everlasting because they were married in the temple and they can go to the celestial kingdom. It's like, it's right there in your scriptures, but they just try to say, yeah. Misinterpret that. You know? They just seem less weird. (laughs) (laughs) But if you read the scriptures, okay. Um, So he just keeps going on and on and like how this is like what Abraham did. So Joseph's like the new Abraham. Joseph just like sucks his own dick really here. Okay. And as ye have asked concerning adultery, verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man receiveth a wife in the new and everlasting covenant, and if she be with another man, and I have not appointed unto her by the holy anointing, then she hath committed adultery and shall be destroyed. And let mine handmaid, Emma Smith, Receive all those that have been given unto my servant Joseph and who are virtuous and pure before me and those who are not pure and have said they were pure shall be destroyed, saith the Lord God. What? Like, imagine being in Emma's shoes. Like, I would be fucking livid. And no wonder she was like, this is bullshit. I'm out. Yeah, it really was. He wanted to have multiple wives and have sex with whoever he wanted. And Emma was like, no. And then he went and pretended that he got revelation from God and literally wrote her name in the scripture saying, you need to let Joseph do this or you'll be damned. And also saying, yeah, Um. Yeah, and it says, like, more about Emma, about how she's supposed to obey Joseph. Um, And then it says here, and again, as pertaining to the law of the priesthood, if any man espouse a virgin and desire to espouse another and the first give her consent, and if he espouse the second and they are virgins and have vowed to no other man, then he is justified. He cannot commit adultery for they are given unto him, for he cannot commit adultery with that that belongeth unto him. <gasps> yeah. Okay, if we have any progressive Mormons who ever argue with us again, um, we just need to pull this scripture out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like explain. Been, I know, I want to be like, you believe the Doctrine and Covenants is real scripture, right? And they'd say, yes. And then I'd read this, like, okay, you cool with this? This is what your supposed God said. I mean, it was Joseph Smith, but this is supposedly what they believe God said. But then they'll say, yeah, but, you know, God changed his mind because this was a different time. And it's like, it's like this should have never been okay. Not even in 1830 or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, It goes on to say how even if, if he can have 10 virgins and that they need to multiply and replenish the earth, it's the commandment, you know, bring up the. Mormon seed. <laughs> oh, gross. Yes. Um, let's see. And then I just loved this last, <laughs> this last verse. It made me giggle. And now, as pertaining to this law, verily, verily, I say unto you, I will reveal more unto you hereafter. Therefore, let this suffice for the present. Behold, I am Alpha and Omega. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> 
I am white Mormon man. Here is my willy. Amen. Joseph Smith just thought he was the bee's knees. Like, he was just writing this being like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, that sounds so cool. In his little hat, he's like, oh, yeah, man. I'm so good. I'm the alpha and omega. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm going to get all these virgins. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get them all. Fuck you, Emma. I know. How can you read that? I mean, we read it all the time, or... I mean, skimmed over it, honestly. But, like, you read that as a Mormon, and it doesn't seem that odd. But now reading it, you're like, that's a cult. That is what a cult leader does, is they write supposed scripture saying, I need to take your your child, your wife, and be able to have sex with them because God told me to. Like, Yeah. I, I saw, like, quite a few memes about this. It's like, <laughs> you know you're in a cult if the leader asks to marry your wife or your like to marry multiple women or to have sex with yeah. someone that you're in a relationship with or not. Like basically, yeah. you know, you're in a cult if the leader is demanding or saying it's a commandment that he has sex with women or yeah. men. Yeah. You know? yeah, I know. And another thing. Okay. So J dog, he supposedly got this revelation in 1831, but he didn't even write it down. Until 1843. What? So he he says he got it in 1831. And so then after that, he just starts, you know, secretly marrying women and girls and all this. And then he doesn't even write this down until 12 years later. And he never in his whole life publicly admitted that he was practicing polygamy. Like he publicly condemned it. Yet he was full blown doing it, but even wow, Emma didn't know about a lot shit. of his life. What well, isn't it so shady? And to just retroactively be like, oh yeah, I got this revelation in 1831. I just didn't write it down till now because I was like ah. busy. I just was <laughs> really busy, and I kind of forgot that celestial Jesus came to me and was like, listen, I'm the Alpha and Omega. And I just want you to know that Emma better allow you to have multiple women that you have sex with who can spread the Mormon seed. Like, that's a good idea. And then I just totally forgot to write it down. My bad. Yeah, I just forgot. I was too busy, like, coercing these women to marry me and being persecuted. I even heard. I just love it really hard. That was yeah. And then he did it all with his head in a hat. All of it. Head and a hat. Yep. (laughs) So, um, so even then, so he didn't even write it down until 1843, but even then he didn't like say or tell almost anyone what he was doing. And polygamy was not, it wasn't publicly announced until 1852. That was five years after the Mormons arrived in Utah, and that was eight years after Joseph Smith died. So it didn't even come out publicly until he had been dead for eight years. And Brigham Young was like, okay, everyone, I am the dictator, and I will publicly say polygamy. And then that's when they put it into the Doctrine and Covenants, was in 1852, so much later. Oh, no, wait, 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 I got that wrong. 1852 was when they like publicly announced it. It wasn't put into the Doctrine and Covenants until 1876. Fucking hell. Like, so, do you wonder, like, well, no, because we know that Joseph Smith practiced polygamy. Never mind. I was going to say, like, do you think it was just Brigham Young who made it up? But then we know that Joseph Smith practiced polygamy too. So. Yeah, I kind of think that he just retroactively went back and was like, oh, yeah, God said this. Let me write it down. And then they ended up making it official scripture later on. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I mean, it's it's like the same with, like, the word of wisdom. Like, it's so yeah. dumb. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know. why has that not been updated since it was written? Like, to me, that never made sense as a Mormon where I was like, but, but wouldn't, if God, like, changes his mind about a lot of stuff, which we know he does in Mormon history then why would he not come back and say, let me update the word of wisdom to include soda or like things or energy drinks and shit like that, you know? Like, cause I, w- I was even yeah, talking yeah. to Greg the other day about like, 
sweet tea or something. And I was saying, oh, my family doesn't drink sweet tea, but they'll have like Coca-Cola. And he was like, what? Coke is worse than tea or like coffee. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but you can have that in the Mormon church. Or like most Mormons do drink that. Or some won't, but most of the time they do. And he was like, that literally makes no sense. <laughs> I, I know. know. The Mormon God is pretty incompetent I would say because he could clarify things or change things or update things so easily because apparently Russell Nelson can get revelation really easily about something as small as not being called Mormon anymore but they can't change anything of any kind of relevance or importance it's yeah exactly point proven like the fact that you know, apparently Celestial Jesus can get revelation to Nelson about changing the church from Mormons to Church Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. But he just decides not to openly address <laughs> the issues of the word of wisdom or, you know, yeah. gay marriage, like talking about that and in Mormon doctrine or polygamy, like any of it. It just, yeah, it's amazing that Celestial Jesus just doesn't care about those things. <laughs> But he does other stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Really silly. Um, so Emma Smith, like we said, she was really, really opposed to polygamy, like publicly opposed to it. And as we know, J-Dog married women and girls without Emma knowing. Um, so it kind of varies depending on the historian, but around 48 is... <gasps> what people what most historians say and many of these were underage so they were children and a lot some of them were also women who were married to other men so it's not even like you know how in the scripture it says they're supposed to be virgins which also gross but these women who are married to other men they weren't probably weren't virgins so he's like breaking his own rule This litter, this guy, I yeah. I just would love to interview Joseph Smith. Like, you know, when people ask that question, who's one person you bring to dinner if you could pick anyone in the world, dead or alive? I think I'd want to bring J-Dog. Because I just oh. want to be like, dude, how did you get this stuff? Like, were you really just that horny or like... Are you just that, you know, egotistical? Like, was it just the power thing for you? Like, what was going behind your mind in your, like, thought process to be like, yes, this is what I want to do? That would be fascinating. Come on, J-Dog, come back from the dead for us. (laughs) Exactly. And then I'd be like, and teach me your hat trick, because I really want to know how to do that. That's a really good party favor. I can make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But he... This, yeah, he's a piece of shit, though. His youngest <laughs> wife was 14, and at the time that he married her, he was 37. Ew! Like, we're not 37. We're younger than that. But I look at 14-year-olds. They're literally, they're children. Like, they how can children. you be? Some of them haven't even gone through puberty. No, I didn't have through puberty at 14. How fucked is it? And people will say, oh, it's a different time. Nah, that's that. It wasn't normal at <laughs> at that time for 37 no, 14-year-olds. We get that argument all the time from Mormons whenever we post anything about Joseph Smith practicing polygamy and marrying a 14-year-old. They're like, yeah, but you have to think of the historical context, then you're not. And we're like, no, no, it still no. wasn't a thing and during that time to marry 14-year-olds. No. Maybe in like 14th century, 15th century, but we we're talking about 19th century. Yeah, it wasn't a norm, and it's uh, never good. It's never moral. And the thing is no. that Joseph Smith was claiming to do this under the direction of God. So there's also that. Like it, even mm-hmm. if it was normal, which it wasn't, it still doesn't make it a good thing. So oh. yeah, um, I know because I was just thinking like how. Like, what were you doing when you were 14? I think I was, I had my braces. I was listening to the Spice Girls. I was probably watching Disney Channel still a little bit, even though I was kind of grown out of it. But you know what? That's what we were doing when you're a kid. That's what I was doing. Yeah. I was watching Disney Channel, especially those movies that came out once a month. 
I was oh, probably yeah. still flicking boogers. I had <laughs> definitely rubber bands on my braces that popped every time I would try to speak or yawn. Like <laughs> wearing limited two because I thought oh, that was the coolest brand the coolest. to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Like even thinking Ew. about just imagine yeah. being forced to be. You're that age, and you are forced to marry. An Ew. old man. Ew. It, it just makes me feel so bad for her. Like he was a pedophile, y'all. Yeah, like I don't definitely. care what people say. Well, by um, definition, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. So, um, along those same lines, I just wanted to kind of reiterate this and drive this home that these men were fucking awful. Brigham Young had 51 wives. His youngest wife was 15, and he was 42. <sighs> and they had five children. So when people say like, well, maybe they were just sealed for, you know, the eternities and they didn't actually, you know, have Want sex. To make the marriage. It's like, well, they had five kids, so. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they had some miraculous Jesus babies. Uh-uh. No. Yeah. Um, Lorenzo Snow, also another prophet, Mormon prophet. He married a 16-year-old girl when he was 57. Oh, God. Like, that's so gross. Ew. I'm sorry. Even for me, I wouldn't. I'm in my 30s, and I wouldn't marry someone in their 50s. That's too big of a gap for me. Yeah, and, and it's like personally, you know, do you? But not yeah, when do it's you underage. But yeah, when it's underage, that's not even to me. That's not marriage. That's that's rape. That's so rape. Yeah. yeah. And um, also, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen pictures of these men, but they're disgusting. Yeah. Not that yeah. looks matter, but in this case they do because they look <laughs> creepy as fuck and just looks like their breath and their teeth would just like knock you out. You know, yeah. they just yes. open your mouth. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, no. So, um, And kind of along those lines of when you were saying you do you, some people have made the argument to us like, well, just let people practice polygamy. Like polygamy is not that bad if they're consenting. And I'm like, okay, here's the thing. There's a difference in my mind, especially between like polyamory and polygamy. I think when it's a religious context, the women and children who are, they're being abused by like spiritual religious abuse and then physical sexual abuse as well. They're not, it's not really like they're choosing it because they're being blackmailed by their religion or their leader when it's actually someone who wants to be in a polygamous or polyamorous relationship. Like totally cool. You do you, but when there's the undercurrent of like, this is what God wants. So you need to suffer and share your husband with other women. No. That's not cool. Exactly. And I'm really glad you cleared that up because this episode is not us saying like we're against polyamorous relationships or however you want to define your personal relationship. We don't care. Like we have always from day one been like, do what makes you happy. Our issue is that polygamy within the church, as Katie said, was not a choice. And even if people argue, yeah, they still had a choice, they didn't because it was you were guilt tripped into it. You were told that if you didn't do it, you're going to hell or your parents were told, okay, if you don't let me marry, you know, your daughter, then you're going to go to hell or whatever, you know, it was like Mm -hmm. all this pressure. So it wasn't a choice. Literally. Yeah. Literally threatened people that like an angel with a sword would come down and destroy them. If yeah. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And I, you know, on my, I went in like a rabbit hole down all of this stuff and, most of the articles that you find, it is related to FLDS, um, who we will say, like, yeah, of course, they're not technically part of the Mormon church, but they follow the Mormon doctrine mm-hmm. up until the time that Celestial Jesus decided that polygamy didn't exist, which literally, <laughs> you know, is bullshit. Anyways, with like, you know, that whole cult and how they practice polygamy and reading those stories and how women are treated and those who escape, like I read quite a few about you know, women who escaped the cult, who escaped polygamy and how fucked their their minds were after that. And during that, like they had no idea because for them, again, it wasn't a choice. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. This is what you do. Yeah. You are property given from, yeah, mm-hmm. owned by your father. And then he'll give you to a member of the cult, uh, probably when you're still a child and you do not yep. have a choice. Yeah. Yep. 
so I just wanted, even in, you know, we'll, we'll watch things like Sister Wives or there's that other show on Netflix where it's like, well, they're modern day polygamists, but it's like, you can see those women are hurting, at least most yes. of them, you know? It's like, if you want to choose to do that, okay, but I don't think they're really choosing it. I think if they really, you know, thought they could choose to not be polygamous, they would. <laughs> so Exactly. And they all look so unhappy. And there's just like lots of fundamental issues within. It's yeah. not a healthy polyamorous relationship where everyone is choosing to be there. They're, they have the same type of boundaries and thought process and ways of viewing a relationship. No, that that doesn't exist. I will go ahead and say 99% of the time. And yeah, polygamous relationships within like religion yeah. um, it's not like that it's more the women are forced to be in that and they just try to practice toxic positivity and tell themselves that it's fine it's great when in reality that's not how they feel right so yeah mormon polygamy was one of like the leading issues of the 19th century in the u.s um and so the U.S. government started taking steps to, yeah, take, taking steps against polygamy. And this was when uh, Brigham Young had taken all the Mormons over to Utah. We talked about this in our Brigham Young episode, so you can go back and listen to that if you want. But essentially, like the the president at the time, James Buchanan, like started sending troops to Utah to try to overrule Brigham Young because he was like building a theocracy. And this kind of gets into the whole thing where Brigham Young was basically preaching blood atonement. We get into the Mountain Meadows Massacre, all that stuff. And there's just a lot of things that were happening with the government pressuring the the Mormon church to stop polygamy. And they were fighting back and yeah. Um, but well, in 1887, yeah, yeah, yeah. Were there were there other groups who were practicing polygamy at the time that the U.S. government was like stepping in, or was it just the Mormon Church that was practicing polygamy? Um, as far as I know, well, I'm sure there were others, but from what I know, it was mostly the Mormons. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, in 1887, um. They passed the Edmunds Tucker Act, which allowed the disincorporation of the LDS church and seizure of church property because of their practice of polygamy because it was illegal. Um, and that same year, the U.S. Attorney General filed suit to seize all church, church, all the church's assets. So they would take all their money. They would bankrupt the church. And it was also that act disenfranchised, like took the vote away from uh, men who practice polygamy so they couldn't vote like any of that stuff oh and so God. this was when the church was losing control you know and so then <laughs> the president at the time Wilford Woodruff was like maybe I should go talk to God now <laughs> oh my God. what does God say about this because they're gonna take all our money and our property mm -hmm. so that's when he said that there was a revelation that um, they were going How to stop. Convenient. <laughs> How yeah. convenient. It's like, you know, you can persecute us. You can even try to, like, kill us. But as soon as you stop taking, like, take away our money and our assets, then it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was in, I believe, 1890. Yeah. So he wrote the manifesto and actually kind of something that I didn't know for a long time, but between 1890 and 1904, there were still tons of plural like marriages happening. They were just doing it more secretly. And then in 1904, the president then at the time, Joseph F. Smith, remember the F, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, um, he like put out a second manifesto that said that the church completely banned polygamy. So this is, I think, what a lot of people will refer to. Like, a lot of Mormons will say, no, like, we stopped and there was revelation from God that we shouldn't do that anymore. But actually, it was just pressure from the government, honestly. <laughs> exactly. That is all it is. Yep. Yep. And that's where, like we've said, after that official, like, manifesto, like, stop doing polygamy because we're going to lose all our money. That's where a lot of the FLDS offshoots come from because they were like, what it's in the it's in the scriptures and Joseph Smith said that it's 
that it's, you know, important. It's the new and everlasting covenant. So we're going to keep doing it. And that's where the FLDS comes from. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, anyway, so I guess, like we've said, although the LDS church has abandoned the practice, it that has not abandoned the underlying doctrine like we read exactly. earlier. That's still yeah, in the, there. The doctrine is still there. And we've talked about this before. It's still in in like the afterlife or whatever like obviously it's still going to be practiced like they teach that polygamy will exist sorry the kids outside are super loud again <laughs> that's okay it's uh, your children <laughs> there children. is children <laughs> nah, um so sorry guys one day i'll have a proper studio set up and it will be soundproof and it'll be amazing um anyways yeah so that they they still practice it and obviously in the afterlife that Yes. Polygamy will exist. And also, as we talked about before, if you get married in the temple and for the man, if the woman dies, he can get married again and seal to another wife as many times as he wants. But if a woman, like if her husband dies, she cannot marry another guy, like be sealed. She can get like a a civil marriage. But um, yeah. And and I was reading all these articles. there's quite there's a really good book actually I haven't read it but I read an article about this Mormon woman who is talking about uh this issue with polygamy within the doctrine it's I can't remember I feel really bad for not remembering it but if you just google it it pops up it's all like something like ghost Mormon go- I don't know <laughs> god I'm ruining it but point being holy ghost <laughs> yeah <laughs> Something like she basically is just commenting on the fact of this issue that exists with older women or women who maybe never marry in the church. But because if they basically do get married in the church and their husband dies, then no other Mormon guy wants to marry them because it's useless to them. It's it's just, uh, you mm-hmm. know, they're married. And then when they go into eternity, she's going to go back to her husband doesn't that just make you feel sad that makes me feel sad for those women yeah it was really bad like I was reading it and to be honest I don't know if this book is written by an active Mormon woman who's just highlighting these issues or Mm -hmm. if it's an ex-Mormon but either way it was like some of the quotes and the things I was like wow it's pretty interesting like and that's things that I never thought about because they don't teach it because like what they teach um so I have an article. I don't know. Do you want me to go ahead and because it just kind of goes into this. Please segue. do. Yeah, please do. Okay. So when I was looking at stuff, I wanted to first read things from the actual like church's website, like articles and what they say, because I literally typed in, I think, like, do Mormons still practice polygamy in the afterlife or is mm-hmm. it still under doctrine? And of course, like the church has dominated SEO and like search results because they all come up first. Yeah, I click on it. Like I clicked on this article from the newsroom of churchofjesuschrist.org. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it says like the first line says today, the practice of polygamy is strictly prohibited in the church as it has been for over a century. So, again, totally gaslighting, like saying that, like, yeah, yep, like nope, nope. This because here's this, the thing. Last, I think it was maybe last. I could be wrong last or the or the year before general conference Dallin Oaks or maybe it was a different uh talk I don't know but Dallin Oaks like said that he had a woman write to him and say I'm really concerned because I of this marriage thing like I want to get married to another man but my first husband died like whose home am I going to go to in the in the afterlife and he read it and like made a joke of it and the whole crowd laughed and she was like honestly trying to get an answer and he just was like well we don't know and he's he's also sealed to two women so he doesn't he's not worried he can just have as many women as he wants and then the women are just like well I guess I don't know I'm just property so we'll see where I'm put later on Yeah, because I totally forgot that he's, like, married to to two women, technically. Yeah. Because uh-huh. the second woman is that, um, oh, she's, like, written all these books, and she's, like, a famous Mormon woman, too. Fuck, I can't remember. But I remember, because, like, I took a class at BYU, like, the Living Prophets class, and the instructor was this woman in her 50s or 60s who never married, and she, like, related to this woman who finally got married to Nelson because she also was like never married and had to come to the like 
basically wrap her head around the fact that she would be a wife number two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, it so makes me so sad. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this one, and this is uh, just to read their perspective. So Katie and I have literally been talking about stuff that's from the Doctrine and Covenants, from like Mormon doctrine that we aren't pulling the shit out of, out of our ass. Like it's in their scriptures. But yeah. this is how clever and sneaky and manipulative the Mormon church is and how they get you. So they portray it like this. In 1831, church founder Joseph Smith made a prayerful, prayerful inquiry about the ancient Old Testament practice of plural marriage. This resulted in the divine instruction to reinstitute the practice as a religious principle. Ugh. So skips out all the actual controversial shit and just says it like that. Yep. Latter yeah, I don't want to show what he actually did. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Latter-day Saint converts in the 19th century have been raised in traditional monogamous homes and struggled with the idea of a man having more than one wife. It was foreign to them, as it would be to most families today in the Western world. And even Brigham Young, who was later to have many wives and children, confessed to his initial dread of the principle of plural marriage. Okay, and they also <laughs> don't even talk about Joseph Smith having multiple wives. They never yeah. talk about it. It's just Brigham Young. Yeah, um, yeah. And then it talks about what you already mentioned, President Wilford, or, yeah, Woodruff, who writes the manifesto in it. And then it was, today, members honor and respect the sacrifices made by those who practice polygamy in the early days of the church. However, the practice is banned in the church, and no person can practice plural marriage and remain a member. Yeah. The standard doctrine of the church is monogamy, as it has always been, as indicated in the Book of Mormon. And then they, like, give the scripture, <laughs> which I'm like, okay. And then it goes, in <sighs> other words, the standard of the Lord's people is monogamy unless the Lord reveals otherwise. So they, they cover their asses in case, you know. One yeah. day in the future, the Lord, yeah. the Jesus says, hey, practice polygamy again, then they're covered. It's just so contradictory because they pull out a scripture from the Book of Mormon that says that polygamy is bad. Also, Joseph Smith wrote that. But then in their other scriptures that they think are just as divine and holy, the Doctrine and Covenants has the whole chapter about polygamy. Yeah. But they just conveniently don't bring that one up. <laughs> well, the thing is, is, too, is when I was looking at this and, like, researching, and I'm sure you came across it, too, if you research, there's quite a few prophets or apostles or general authority who have publicly said different things about polygamy yeah. since, since the, you know, I mean, I'm talking about, like, in the 80s, 90s, up until recently. So some will say, no, polygamy does not exist in the doctrine, da, 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 and then you'll read some quotes from the general authority or apostles who say, like, we do not practice polygamy in this life, but, you know, it's part of our doctrine in the celestial kingdom, blah, blah, blah. So that's a, that's another thing is that it's just all full of shit. And then if you ask someone that, because I remember asking those questions like, wait, what? But one person says this and one says that. And they say, oh, polygamy is just one of those topics you'll have to ask the Lord when you meet them. <laughs> it's such a cop out. Yep. It really, And it's like, well, then what good are the prophets if they're all contradicting each other? Like I have here in my notes, Bruce R. McConkie said in Mormon Doctrine that we've we've read on this show. Uh, he wrote in Mormon Doctrine that it will obviously be reinstated at some point. That's why it's still exactly. But they just. Yep. Yeah. They're just like, oh, yeah, maybe just pray about it or we'll know in the next life. Like, that's not good enough for me. I think God should be able to answer these kind of questions. <laughs> yeah, and they just never do. Like, yeah, so I'm also, I'll go, I'll circle back to some more fun articles, won't go into details. But there's another one that is written by this person um, who says he's a member of the church. And it says, how can the LDS church clarify polygamy in heaven? And it basically is saying, like, the LDS church has a polygamy problem even now, a century after the practice was discontinued. Um, and it mentions, like, polygamy in the LDS context is the usual manner of referring to a practice of a man taking more than one wife. But another question remains very unsettling, and it causes rift in families and hearts within the church. What is the status of polygamy in heaven? Mormons believe that the Mormon that marriage will exist in heaven. However, there is a disagreement on whether that includes polygamy. Some modern members of the LDS Church are convinced that polygamy will not be required in heaven. 
such as Greg Trimble, who I don't know who that is, or even oh, he's the worst. Is he? <laughs> he's he's up there with like go go fuck off, go go golf. <laughs> oh, gross, go go golf. Okay, so he's nasty. And yeah. then another one like such as, or even allowed in heaven, such as Eugene England. Don't know that one either. Mm, don't know that either. No. Um, based on scriptures and statements of church leaders, they state their belief that marriage in heaven will be one husband, one wife. But the very fact that they must argue their point indicates that the opposite belief is also common among Mormons, that polygamy will be practiced or even required in heaven in the celestial kingdom. You know, I just have to say, like, how can it? It's just funny that I think maybe the cognitive dissonance and they don't want to believe that, but it's right there in your scriptures. Like it's right there. You can read that it will be, you know, forever. They, it says forever in heaven. Like that's how you become exactly. a God. Exactly. So like, I mean, they just conveniently forget parts. Yeah. And it's, it's exactly what you're saying. Like this person even says like he has quotes in here. Like Brigham Young said, the only men who become gods, even the sons of gods are those who enter into polygamy. Yeah. Uh huh. So, and then also John Taylor, Joseph E. or Joseph F. Smith said similar statements. Orson Pratt said God the Father had a plurality of wives. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, they did teach that, like, God and Jesus were polygamous, too. Exactly. So, <laughs> so yeah. it's just, oh, sorry, I, I remember the name of the book, you guys, because this person <laughs> talks about it. So that book I was talking about before, Carol Lynn Pearson, it's called The Ghost of e- Eternal Polygamy. I got the ghost part right. You got it. <laughs> that holy ghost. <laughs> yes. Um, and she has this quote, which I think is like, yeah, I want to read it. Which quote, when my husband told me one day after many years of marriage that he fully intended to be obedient to God in all things, including plural marriage, I felt a terrible rift being torn between us. I asked him how we would we could be one as the Lord commands if he was desiring another woman, desiring her and her and her and her. How could this be heaven for me? He replied that I would be as happy as I would choose to be and that our children would soothe my loneliness. Oh. Plus, he added, God will make you like it. He wants you to be happy. Since then, the rift is ever there and part of me is walled off, wondering how I can be with a man who looks forward to the future, knowing it pains me terribly, but feeling my suffering isn't his problem or concern. He has said only selfish and weak women reject polygamy because if God commands it, it is holy and true and pure. Oh my God, that hit me right in the heart. Isn't that so sad? And the, and the thing is that, yeah, I would say vast majority of Mormon men do believe that. Well, yeah. And this is exactly why it's so evil. I mean, I don't, really like that word but I just think it's really abusive and harmful and these women are just living they're really really sad and yeah like she said how can he love me if he literally doesn't care how I feel yep and and that's an argument that I've heard so many times and it just it really hit me towards the end when I was questioning and wanted to leave the church because I'm like how how can I be okay with that like I'm just not you know If, if it was my choice if it was you know, something I wanted, if women had the same option, like if I was also able to marry multiple men, then maybe I'd be okay with it. Who knows? I don't know. I just wanted the <laughs> choice. But yeah. the fact that I wasn't given that and was just told that you just got to suck it up and deal with it and to be a good, obedient wife, I was like, fuck that. I don't want to, you know, go into this relationship knowing that you're going to marry other women in the afterlife that I believe in and I just have to be okay with that. I know. I know, because, yeah, if you really believe in that afterlife and you believe in these scriptures, yeah, I wouldn't even want to take the chance. I wouldn't want to, yeah, I don't know. It's just really, really sad and manipulative. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, if if anyone says that Mormon women are treated equally and treated well, well, (laughs) this is an argument against that. (laughs) This is where we say you can fuck right off with that because exactly. that is not an argument that's valid. <laughs> sorry. Exactly. Sorry. Um, um, I wanted to bring up just a couple of. Oh, did you have something else? No, no, no. I just have some fun articles. But I think okay, cool. Yeah, we can. I just want to. There's just like two little points here that yeah. I remember being told as a Mormon. Um, do you remember being told that Mormons practice polygamy because there were more women 
than men, Mormon, Mormon women were like, there were so many of them and they all just needed a husband to take care of them. Like men, these Mormon men were so valiant and righteous and they would take on these women and help them and give them a home. But in actuality, men outnumbered women in the early years of the Mormon settlement. Like, yep, I read that too. And I was like, <laughs> fucking floored. Yeah, I, we were just yeah, told we were definitely told to. That. Yeah, we were told like, oh, they would just take them on. But some towns had three times as many men as women. So like, that was right. just a straight up lie. Another one was that um, polygamous men would take care of older women, like, so that they could have a chance to get married, you know, and get to the celestial kingdom or retaking care of or whatever. But the truth is, most polygamous wives were actually younger than the first wife, as we've seen. They just married teenagers. (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted to point those out because I remember being told those things. And now I'm just like, why are you lying to me? You just straight up lied. (laughs) They all lie. Yeah, because they told us that. And then they also like correlated it with, you know, when they were crossing the plains and you know, a lot of women lost their husbands. And so these selfless, righteous men married these women who were widows in order to take care of them and blah, blah, blah. And you also find out that's that's also not really the case at all. Like these women, there were multiple men that they could have chosen from who were single. <laughs> and I don't think that they needed to be taken care of. Like also, where does that narrative come from? Like, it's just all kind of like just bullshit. Like yeah. women are just these helpless little things who need to be taken care of and just trying to justify something that is shouldn't be justified (laughs) exactly um there's another quote I have from Heber C. Kimball who was one of the early church leaders and he said this uh to missionaries they were about to go on their missions and he said brethren I want you to understand that is, it is not to be as it has been heretofore. The brother missionaries have been in the habit of picking out the prettiest women for themselves before they get here and bringing on only the ugly ones for us. Hereafter, you have to bring them all here before taking any of them and let us all have a fair shake. Oh my God, that's so awful. Like sending them out on their missions to bring back pretty girls to marry and like don't oh, pick them out before you get back. Like they're actual cattle or some shit. This is why we talk about it and we'll say it again. Fuck white Mormon men. I am yep. so over it. That's disgusting. Isn't that gross? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Anyway, well, let's. My articles aren't anything like that. I'm not going to go into them. I just think they're fun if people want to um, read them on your own time. I So when I was like looking into polygamy and Mormons and stuff like that, I came across this BBC article, which now that I'm with the Brit, I'm like obsessed with BBC everything. And I feel like they're super unbiased, even though I'm sure that they're not. But I'm like, if they say it, it must be true. I like, or, I like BBC. Yeah, yeah I'm a fan. They're always legit, right? You don't have to question whether or not it's like, you know, fake news, basically. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it's an article I would encourage you guys to read that I thought was fascinating. It's called The Polygamous Town Facing Genetic Disaster. And it is talking about FLDS. um, So it's not Mormons per se, but just talking about this really remote region in the U.S. that's struggling with this like really horrible health crisis that's caused by a recessive gene and the reason is because of polygamy and Mm. it's like an incredibly rare disease that like this doctor um i'm just gonna read a little bit so in 1990 a century after the lds abandoned polygamy and the upshot was only just beginning to emerge um an office 700 several hundred miles from where young brigham young gave his speech a 10 year old boy was presented to theodore tarby who's a doctor specializing in rare childhood diseases. The boy had unusual facial features, including a prominent forehead, low-set ears, widely spaced eyes, and a small jaw. He was severely physically and mentally disabled. After performing all this usual test, Harvey was stumped. He had never seen a case like it. Eventually, he sent a urine sample to a lab that specializes in detecting rare diseases, and they diagnosed fumarase deficiency, which is an inherited disorder of the metabolism. 
And there were only 13 cases known to medical science. So that translates into odds of one in 400 million. It was so rare and it looked like it was just bad luck. But then they find out like later on that they in the same area in the same town, um, that same doctor diagnosed like eight new cases. Oh, so it, it and, and they go on to say that it's because of this polygamous group of FLDS um, that they were being born with this deficiency is and it was saying it's the likelihood of being born with this is over a million times above the global average. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. And it's going. So basically it's saying like what happens is because these families that like established this group were just like two men right it's mm-hmm. like two guys um I think it even says their name you can go into it um blah, 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 blah. and it's in like the Utah Arizona border right so <gasps> I've driven past that it is yeah so creepy exactly it's so so creepy it was saying that um Basically, it's called Short Creek, I believe. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. So it says, in Short Creek, just two surnames, or last names, dominate the local records, Jessup and Barlow. According to local historian Benjamin Bisline, who spoke to a news agency, Reuters, back in 2007, 75 to 80% of the people in Short Creek are blood relatives of the community's founding patriarchs, Joseph, Jessup, and John Barlow. So that's literally why this disease is happening when it was so unnecessary to happen oh. because of all of this, like, basically, like, inbreeding from these yeah. two, two relatives, like, these two guys who just had several wives and had so many kids, and then they just kept marrying each other. And that's, yeah, that's messed up on so many levels ethically, you know, and then these mm-hmm. kids are being born into that, and they're getting these you know, these genetic disabilities and they can't control it. And then they're just in this environment. They don't know any different. And maybe they're being, you know, given to marry their uncle or something. Yeah. Really disturbing. It's so disturbing. And then I'll just say one more quote that I found was like, poof, really crazy. It says more human disease genes have been discovered in Utah with its Mormon history than any other place in the world. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. That's yeah. surprised. I mean, I don't know why I'm so surprised, but I just had never heard that before. Yeah. Isn't that shocking? It's like in the whole world, like that is fucked. So definitely suggest if you guys are interested, read it. It's it's a really interesting article. And then I have two more that I won't read, but just suggest if you guys are interested. It's that the ones that I was talking about where um, it's FLDS women who escaped. And it talks about, their stories and their first time celebrating Christmas, which oh. is quite powerful. So it's called oh. FLDS Celebrating Christmas After Escaping a Polygamous Mormon Cult. It's by Vice, um, so it's good. And nice. then, yeah, that, that article I was mentioning before is the What Can the LDS Church Do About Polygamy? Um, yeah, so, I mean, if you guys look into it, it's a lot of fascinating stuff because, of course, FLDS, church or sect or whatever yeah the church says is not mormon they're not affiliated with the church but the doctrine in and of itself that they practice is still in the mormon doctrine exactly yeah it's really that different it's all based on the same thing and they they both um believe very much that joseph smith was divinely inspired when he wrote these things and the flds just practiced them uh where the lds wanted to keep their money so they (laughs) gave in to the government um but yeah thank you annie for requesting this topic it was interesting to go back and really dig deep down into it again and realize how messed up it all is (laughs) and how it's crazy that the church still tries to manipulate and uh it's just insane like they're the way they cover up shit, and especially when you're in a church, it's it's crazy. It's yeah, like you said, just... it really is very gaslighty. Yeah, like when you read their their take on it, they leave out so much that it so it can seem as nice as possible, especially to like 
investigating people who might be converts. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Well. Anyways, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening and, and being here with us. We love you all like we always say. You all are amazing. Me too. You guys are amazing. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for listening. This was a fun it was a fun episode to research because once you go down those like rabbit holes, it's insane. There's so much yeah, good yeah. I'm gonna say good material, but also it's like pretty tragic the actual topic and it's horrible. Um, but there's a lot out there and a lot that the church tries to cover up or you know, as we already talked about gaslight and saying like, no, 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 that's not actually the truth when in reality it is. Um, so yeah, guys, maybe go on your own little rabbit hole and look into it because it's fun stuff. And in the <laughs> meantime, have a great week. And thank you, Annie, again for the topic request. Mm-hmm. And if you guys, if you want to request a topic, go join us in Outer Darkness on our Patreon page. Um, mm-hmm. You can request a topic in Outer Darkness and we'll cover it. And also you can be a guest if you want um, and get some cool videos from us, which are always fun soups um, fun <laughs> <laughs> soups totes fun and on well, that note i'm, gonna I'm go. going to say in the name of emma smith amen now bless her fucking heart in the name of emma smith amen Bye-bye. bye bye <laughs>